Welcome to the Trinity Radio Podcast. This podcast has a video component found at youtube.com slash Braxton Hunter. This means you might miss some visual aspects of the show, but it shouldn't have a serious negative effect. We'd love it if you'd run over to the YouTube channel real quick and subscribe. And if you enjoy this content, do us a favor. Take a moment to give us a five-star review on iTunes and mention a couple of things you like about the podcast. If you really appreciate the show, you can help make it better and get extra content for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash trinity radio. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Trinity Radio. He's Jonathan Pritchett. Mm -hmm. I'm Braxton Hunter. And today we are going to be recommending very, very strongly for our atheist friends to stop it. We like being helpful. Stop what you're doing. I mean, I wish you'd stop all of it, but at least stop this. What is that? This we're going to get to that. They won't. First of all, Jonathan, do you have anything that you want to say to open things up today? Hello, everybody. You're on the Pritchett cam. Okay, I needed you to say something. And you oh, didn't you have, want me to fill you time. You didn't have anything to say. Let's go to the comments then. Sup, Trinitarians? You want me hey, to fill Derek time. Taylor. I can fill time. Oh, uh, well, I have no doubt. Here I am. What are you other two? What are your other two wishes? That must be in response to something someone else said. Uh, Slam RN is here. Slam, you are so appreciated. Uh, yes. I don't say it enough. Uh, Aloha. So glad you guys are here. The Kalam has been debunked. Oh, that was great. Decades ago. Did you see yesterday on Capturing Christianity the uh, the uh, A. Lincolnist, which was yes. Penn Gleeples? Yes. I, yes. <laughs> well, he held up a game that he had created so people would know uh, to support the A. Lincolnist movement. And it was called rubbish. Yeah. And uh, Cameron's like, what would you call that in a, if you use like American type uh, language? And he said, probably something like debunked, which is, the, of course, the game that Rationality Rules created. So. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. Let's let's go ahead and. Uh, hey. This can't help but be good. That's Professor right. Professor Chris Dates. Hi, Chris Dates. Good to see uh, you, Chris Day. Hiya. One of my favorite humans. One All right. of my favorite humans. He was my favorite human before he was your favorite human. I made a video about two years ago Chris trying knows. to trying to respond a bit in the midst of uh, a back and forth between Cameron and um, Rash Alley Rules, Stephen Woodford. And it was a short video. You can still go see it. It was called The Kalam Doesn't Mention God. It blows my mind. Pritchett. It mm-hmm. blows my mind that somebody thinks this is a good response to the case that begins with the Kalam that Christian apologists bring. So, or that it never dawned on Christian apologists who've been using this argument that the word God is never in the argument. Yeah, it's not in the argument. No neither are the premises nor the conclusion. No noticed that we never we thought no about that. idea that the words never contain God in any of those premises. You know, theists were using the Kalam for hundreds and hundreds of years, uh, and then all of a sudden, an atheist pointed this out, and it's like, oh my gosh, how do we miss this oversight? What? It's like, the tr- the word Trinity is not in the Bible. Y'all never read the Bible, you'd know that. Yeah, you'd know. Yeah. You'd know. I, I know, because I used to be an evangelical until I was 13. Yeah. But he, I'm going to be snarky today. Listen, I told Pritchett before we started, 
um, typically between the two of us, he's the snarky one. I'm sweet. I'm the one who's polite and appropriate. And I could be friends with this guy and all these kind of things. And I'm still that person. But basically, there are there are a couple of different responses that YouTubers make to the Kalam cosmological argument. Not not YouTubers that make videos, although some of them do it too. But the people in the YouTube comments. Welcome to the live stream, Bradley. And I value the people who make YouTube comments who are atheists here. And I've had great discussions with some of them. But for some of you who have learned just enough about the Kalam or learned about the Kalam from the wrong place and your assumption about what it is and how it works and whether we have responses to the things that you come up with, um, it, it's, it's not good. And, and as a result, what has happened is other atheists cringe when you say these kind of things as much as Christians do, if not more, because these are atheists making these comments. Um, it's, it's really cringeworthy. Some of these things. And I can't. And so since they apparently aren't going to help you by telling you this, I'm going to tell you, I don't know that it'll change anything. Uh, but, but I'm going to tell you because I've said this in every imaginable way. I've said in the video, some of you are going to say this in the comments. Here's the answer to this. It's like, it's not even seen. And this is not really something that is a issue that's up for debate so much as it is just, I, I don't know. Let's, let's jump into it. So first of all, where does this come from? The, the, the notion that saying the Kalam doesn't mention God is a great way to just shut Christians down. Well, for YouTube atheists, it perhaps could have come from uh, Matt Dillahunty himself. There is a much lengthier video uh, where, the, where he interacts with his caller and uh, Dillahunty is very rude and shuts this guy and won't let the guy elaborate on the Kalam because uh, he just wants to end it with, Dill Hunt, he just wants to end it with, the Kalam doesn't mention God. But Out here, of curiosity, was this clip taken before or after your debate? Before, it was before. Okay. But, here's, but here's the nine second, it's only nine seconds, here's the nine second clip I made. Yes, that, that argument uh, does not include the word God at all. No, but... So it's not an argument for the existence of God then, is it? And, and then he won't let the guy elaborate. So here's what I want you to say. Here's what I want you to understand. This is so silly. It, you're right that the Kalam doesn't mention God in the premises or in the conclusion, at least not in the formulation that is most often uh, you know, uh, circulated. But here's the thing. Every time, without exception, that a Christian apologist raises the Kalam, they follow it by talking about what we can know about the what the cause would have been. And they don't jump to it. They reason to it. And there's a very clear path that they use. And so it's, it's kind of like what I've used before to describe this is, it's like if I said, well, cigarettes, uh, cigarettes kill people. Cigarettes are deadly. Okay, everyone knows what I mean by that. Now, um, I haven't given you enough information. I haven't argued for it. It's like there are thousands of cigarettes within, whoops, didn't turn off my phone alarm or phone ringer. You're that guy but, in the movie theater that does that, aren't you? Yeah, but here's the thing. Uh, there are thousands of cigarettes within a block of where I'm at right now, I'm sure. You, you know what else is true? Um, I could have a cigarette in my hand. I, I could even light that cigarette. Is it deadly to me at that point? No. One could, though I'm not advocating for this, 
smoke some cigarettes in their lives and, and it still wouldn't be deadly to them. But everyone knows what I mean when I say cigarettes kill people. What do I mean by that? I, I'm, this is what's all packaged in that. What everyone understands. And that is if you put a cigarette in your mouth, light it, inhale the, the uh, nicotine filled smoke into your lungs and you do that on a regular basis, there is a, a higher than you should be comfortable with likelihood that you'll get one of several possible major illnesses. That's what we're saying. Do I have to say all that every time? No, I say cigarettes kill people. Everyone knows what I mean. Everyone gets it. At this point, if you're the kind of person that would come onto a video, multiple videos about the Kalam and comment or say, oh, not the Kalam again, indicating to me that you have exposed yourself to the Kalam repeatedly and should know this, you already know what we mean when we say the Kalam. We mean the formal argument, and then we mean the analysis of what the cause must be like that comes after that. Everyone knows that. Every apologist who raises the Kalam does that. Okay? So it's just silly. And it comes off as a cheap uh, opportunity to try to wiggle out of the force of the argument. Hey, so uh, that, this is what I'm saying. Super chat from Z. Um, yeah. And you're actually, Derek is actually uh, getting us to something that we're also going to cover. I have some of these comments that we're going to look at in this uh, video, and I'm, I'm going to throw up some YouTube comments on the screen that were taken from my, uh, the little short clip I threw out this week, or maybe it was last week, with David Wood and myself talking about the Kalam. There were a number of atheists who commented there, and it it's striking, and it encouraged me that we really need to make a video like this. But, really but first of all, yep. Zom is here. Theology and T was ZNC, or ZC. Thank you for that 35 czar donation. I don't know what the exchange rate is, but I really, really appreciate whatever amount of money. And he likes the bald guy bet. I do too. (laughs) Well, that's good because everybody saw the video of me and Pritchett that I put out yesterday that was actually filmed two years ago. And they're like, it's fat Pritchett and skinny Braxton. Now we got skinny Pritchett and fat Braxton. (laughs) But anyway, um, okay. So let's, let's, um, let's, let's get into some of these comments. All right. And I'm going to be paying attention to what you all have to say as well. Um, but just so you know, if you're a Christian out there and you do have these kinds of discussions, here's my recommendation. And in fact, people won't see it coming, but this is the most clear way to say it. I'm going to give you a case that begins with the Kalam. By that, I don't mean I'm going to use everything we think of as the Kalam cosmological argument and then also a resurrection and all these other things. We'll talk about that later. But just when you're giving the Kalam, say, I'm giving you a case that begins with the Kalam. Then when they say, hold on a second, the Kalam doesn't mention God. You can say, never said that it did. So I'm going to give you a case for God that begins with the Kalam. That's the way I do it. Did it that way in my debate with Matt Dillahunty. And what did he say? The Kalam doesn't mention God. Well, I said the case that begins with the Kalam. So um, anyway, let's, uh, let's jump into some of these. Uh, let's see what we got here. Okay. Now explain how intelligence can exist without a biological or mechanical brain. Well, as, uh, so let's just do this real quick. I'm sure that most of you are already somewhat familiar, but the Kalam cosmological argument is everything that begins to exist must have a cause for its existence. The universe began to exist. Therefore the universe must have a cause for its existence. That gets you to a point where people, if they're persuaded by the argument, they say, okay, now, so the universe, we, we need to have a cause for the universe coming into being because everything that begins to exist, the universe has a beginning. So, um, so then what do we do? Well, if we're talking, when we say the universe, we're talking about all space, time and matter, 
then the cause must be spaceless, timeless, and non-material. Because if it were those things, you have something bringing itself into existence, which doesn't work. So um, spaceless, timeless, non-material. And there are things like that, like abstract abstractions, like numbers yeah. and laws of logic and things like that. But those things are descriptive. They don't, they don't cause anything to happen, right? So you need something that has causal powers and can cause something to happen that is spaceless, uh, non-material, and, uh, and timeless. And what would fit the bill? Well, in a, st- a state like that of spaceless, timeless nothingness, and Craig doesn't say this, or at least he doesn't say it much. I think he did, I did hear him say it once, but I was glad to hear him say it because I've been saying it. Um, I first heard J.P. Moreland argue this way, and Andrew Loki argues this way too, Loke, Andrew Loke. And that is that in a state of timeless nothingness, there is, without time and without anything, there is no determinism to work on God over a course of time to lead to, like a chain of dominoes, uh, something happening. So this would uh, have to be indeterminate. Um, but it couldn't be random because the opposite of determinism in a lot of people's minds is you just got randomness. But you also don't have uh, space or time for random things to occur. So the, uh, the cause must have exercised libertarian freedom in bringing the universe into existence. Well, what sort of things have libertarian freedom? Minds do. That argument is not just an argument for God. It's also an argument for an intelligence independent of biology or a mechanical brain. Slam, Arian, uh, can you deal with the, the someone's trolling in the comments? So. Okay. Uh, thank uh, you for pointing that out to yeah. Slam, Arian. Um, yeah. All right, so let's let's look at another another one. And Jonathan, you can take it if you want. Um, I can't speak for all atheists, but this specific atheist don't like the Kalam cosmological tap dance because premise one is wrong due to quantum physics. We don't know if premise two is right or wrong. Conclusion leads to a cause, not a god, which due to premise one is wrong. Your you leap to conclude your intelligence god is the cause without any argument. Except that the Kalam is an argument. But I, I don't, what do you mean? Qu- qu- quantum mechanics, there needs to be the quantum mechanics fallacy. Because quantum mechanics, everything that you think is absolutely wrong because quantum mechanics, no, I'm not, I'm not falling for that. What about, what specifically about quantum mechanics has decided that no one should use the first premise of the Kalam cosmological argument? There's so much hand waving about quantum mechanics that it's that doesn't say anything so i until you tell me why well i'll do them some help here what they're trying to say or what they've heard some other atheists say is that um the quantum events like the collapse of the of of the waveform into a location is uh seems to happen without a cause this particle comes to exist without a cause or uh, from nowhere here's the thing Quantum indeterminacy is bizarre. I read uh, several journal articles and a book on it last year called The Quantum Enigma. That thing is fantastic from Oxford University Press. Um, it's, it's, a, it's, it, it's amazing, and it changed my opinions on some things. But not this, because even if you want to say what we're saying about if you have uh, particles popping into existence on quantum mechanics, there's, there's still a causal force there, Right. Um, if, if I am holding a book in my hand, I am causing the book to be suspended in the air. My hand is causing the book to be suspended in the air. I don't even have to be here. If you put a book on top of the building we're in right now, 
the building, the structure is causing the uh, book to be where it is in the air. In a similar way, uh, you, you have things like the space, the, the, the quantum field, all these kind of things that sustain uh, the possibility for this particle that comes into existence. Yeah, it's the, the so, pool of potentiality that causes these things, mm -hmm. at least makes them possible. So it, it's not it's not as if it's not as if you could just say, well, because these particles come into existence, it, it's not the same thing. It doesn't follow that they come in uncaused as if there's no prior state of affairs that allows for this kind of phenomenon to occur. Yeah, you've got you've got the causal uh, categories in place, even with right. that. Now, um, premise two, he says, we don't know if premise two is right or wrong. What I this is a now this is a principle that, that I think people need to understand. They don't have to take my advice here. They don't have to agree with me, but it needs to be out there if it's not. When this person says we don't know if premise two is right or wrong, I strongly suspect that the reason they think that um, is the same reason that a lot of people say we don't know what happens before the Planck time and we don't know what happens is because you're thinking of uh, physical sciences. Yeah. And there are physical Sci there are arguments from science that that support the notion that the universe has a cause, obviously. Yeah. But and there's no multiverse model. There's no comparison comparative model of that that has ascended to dethrone, you know, an an absolute beginning of the cosmos. Not right. yet. Yeah. So people talk about it as if they they throw that out there as a possibility, as if that has become the standard right by mm -hmm. which we should just assume so by saying that the big bang for example like an absolute beginning and all of that um is no longer we just don't know is like then we might as well accept that when people say well evolution we, we don't know but the same people who would balk at saying we don't know about evolution uh, have no problem balking at premise two, and I think that's because it's, but it, it's the equivalent, pretty much. And to me, it's that's motivated by ideology rather than evidence. Yeah, and and so this now, or we can just, or just accept the fact that we don't know about evolution. I mean, there's other theories out there. So now, um, the best defenses I think of the Kalam's premises come from philosophy. Anyway. And so it has that's a good, good historical track record of correcting the nonsense from scientists. Yeah. So what, what the point I wanted to make here was when he says we don't know if premise two is right or wrong, he he's doing what a lot of these people do, which is, well, they're thinking uh, science hasn't come to this conclusion. But here's the thing. Physicists and scientists and cosmologists. Oh, a lot of scientists stripes. have come to that conclusion, though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. In the same way, a lot of scientists have come to the conclusion about evolution. But if you're just going to say, well, scientists have posited these other theories. Well, intelligent design, young earth creationists, they, they all have uh, degrees and credentials in the fields of science. They come up with other theories, too. So, I, you know, if you're going to just start saying that, it sounds more ideological than it does based on any sort of evidence. Mm -hmm. Because, and I don't care how much you can make the math work and talk about multiverses until you bring me dirt from another from some other universe well, that's your standard anyways why are we talking about it so just hold them to their own standards on that one yeah uh, but the and the point i wanted to make here is 
the, the physicists and scientists and cosmologists are ill-equipped in many cases, not in every case. Some of them are philosophically minded. Many of them are ill-equipped. Th like their discipline doesn't give them an advantage when we're talking about these philosophical concepts. So the idea uh, is that the universe can't be past infinite. There has to be a beginning uh, for a number of reasons. One, if there's no beginning, then uh, there, there's nowhere to start going from to get to the current moment. Secondly, if you would have to cross an actual infinite amount of causal events or temporal moments to get to where we are today, and you can't cross an actual infinite number of things like that. Um, because no matter how much you cross, you've still got infinity to go. It's the whole, you can't get to infinity by successive addition. If Jonathan had as long as he wants to count and he started counting now, he'd never get to Aleph naught, right? You never get to infinity. So, um, so that, that's the reason the universe had to have a, a beginning. Um, at least one good reason to think so. So anyway, uh, we're seeing stuff left and right and center here. Let's go to another one. Uh, and once again, the Kalam rears its ugly head. Okay. Now. At this moment, Whoa. I'm assuming this person the has evil interacted. The Kalam argument. Yes. <laughs> has interacted with the Kalam so much they know it as well as William Lane Craig does, you'd think. Uh, the Kalam gets you to a cause, and then the apologist immediately jumps to God. To a God. Okay. Is that true? That we get to, so the universe must have had a cause. So there you go. That's God, right? God's the explanation. No, what, what we just did a minute ago, we say, look, okay, here's here's the further reasoning. The universe. These are all the things about matter. the universe that make it a universe. Right. So something that's not the universe, we can have to figure out what properties it has that can yes. cause this universe. It's not this yes. hard. We don't just jump to God, okay? We give the reasons why we think it's God. And then you look for possible candidates that can fit the bill, and it, it, God is the best explanation of those candidates. <laughs> did the... Yeah, so it's not so, hard. Then he goes on to say, philosophy. I thought they were supposed to be smart people, like smarter than those religious bungleheads like us from the south. Well, I'm not going to say they're not smart, but I'm going to say they are speaking about things as though they have an authority on them when they don't. Um, I just saw in in looking for uh, that Dillahunty clip I played earlier, I saw where somebody made a response to me and Mike Winger talking about the Kalam. Some, and I. Um, I was trying to see if I could grab his name real quick off the top of my head, but he, he, he makes, it's like the second video I've seen. I haven't watched all of it, but the last video he made about me, I watched all of it. And it was like, it was a series of examples of him kind of, kind of agreeing with me, but then basically going, man, the whole time. But in the comments, you have like certain people who are big critics of our show who really can't stand us, who are saying all kinds of things like, I don't think either one of these guys know anything about the Kalam and all this. I'm thinking it's like, we're going to get some questions here in a moment. Well, I'll just save it because there's something I really want to say about that when we get there. Okay. He says, philosophy doesn't prove an existing deity. Science does. Excellent. This guy thinks science proves an existing deity. Don't need to go any further. Okay. Then yeah. Praise God. Thanks you don't like the Kalam, but you believe in God, but he doesn't believe in God. What he's trying to say is, if there was a way you were going to prove a deity, it would be through science. Why? If you know, that doesn't it, even make any sense. That's the dumbest thing you could have ever said. And on a YouTube, it, this goes back to things that we have repeatedly said beyond our rants of scientism. Just you, you have the tiniest thought world that I can't take you seriously. If you think the only way to know anything is by science. 
which itself is not a claim that could be justified and demonstrated by science. Slam RN says, wait, I thought the Kalam was, there is a universe, therefore God. No? <laughs> uh, that's how you well, get Well, I think, yeah. I'm like, there's a universe. <laughs> You're so I'm fine with that because, uh, you know, everyone's heard the Kalam by now that's interested in these kind of things. So if you're talking to somebody that you know, one of these, oh, great, here comes the Kalam, then just skip to that and just say, the universe, therefore God, and by, you've heard the Kalam before, so okay, we're done. That's all you have to say. Why? It's one of the reasons why I don't like these debates over and over and over again, where they just rehash the same things you've already, talking points you've already heard. No, you know what's coming, so you better bring something, you know, yeah. otherwise just skip to the end. And then the the he actually had more in this comment. I just cut out the relevant part because he had a lot to get through. But he says, tell me, how do you get from there's a, here it comes. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. This is the thing. I mean, there's a lot of things here, but this is the principal thing. I'm trying to get atheists to stop saying. How do you get from there's a cause to the cause is the Abrahamic God? This shows me when someone says this, okay, there's a couple of problems here. He says, and once again, the Kalam rears its ugly head, indicating to me he's had so much of the Kalam, he's sick of it. But down here, he informs me that he has not thought deeply about how apologists use the Kalam. We don't use it to get to our specific God. We use it to show that a God consistent, it is not it's not inconsistent with Christianity, exists. Then we provide further arguments that are not the Kalam uh, to get you to God, namely the resurrection or something like that. Yeah. Or to show that it's a moral God, the moral argument, or whatever else. Th that's how it's... Look, when you say, oh, you just jumped from uh, there's a cause to the God of Christianity exists, or in this case, an Abrahamic God, that's not what we're doing. Please stop saying that. Or at least when you say that, say, I know that this bald guy on Trinity Radio thinks it's dumb when we say this. I won't say dumb. Ignorant. Um, anyway, I, I'm just, I, I, it's like, dumb. it's not like a personal, it is a personal gripe, but it's not like it offends me or something. It's just that we're trying to go somewhere with these arguments. And this oh, sort of thing I mean, just holds I mean, it just, back. This is, I mean, it's, I, I know, I mean, I, you've, I've ranted about this publicly before on Trinity Radio. It's, we spend too much time on atheists who aren't worth the time. Atheists are worth the time. People are worth it. They're image bearers. As, yes, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the level of attention and content we provided is not worth the time. They're the fewest yeah. no, in number and not the most numerous out there who don't need Jesus and other people have better, better things to talk about than atheists do. But Zom somehow now, boss, boss. now Zom is uh, posting from his Zom. He says, and thank you for that super chat. Another thank amazing you, you, 35 czar. Do you think the Kalam works better in an A or B theory of time? By the way, I do not like Pritchett because he did not finish his per first Peter series. No, I have not finished my... Did not means I'm dead and there will never be the potential for another first Peter series. Have not is, is not the same thing as did not. Yeah. Well, that aside, I think it works on A or B theory. There was a time where a lot of us would say that the B theory would cause major problems. I think Craig still kind of I don't want to speak for Craig, but I think Craig, I mean, he obviously advocates an A theory. And I think one of the big um, 
points of uh, reasons why he defends it so seriously is because of uh, the, the, that he thinks or thought that the Kalam didn't do so well on a B theory of time. Uh, for those that don't know, an A theory of time says um, what exists is the present right now. The past did exist. 1967 did exist. It doesn't exist anymore. The future will exist. It doesn't exist yet, but what exists is right now. So that it's like we're moving along through time. Whereas the B theory has blocks the time block. It's like all of it, like 1967 is real. Five minutes from now is real. Five minutes from now is real. 30 years from now is real. So that kind of hospitable to time of travel. If you, if there were such a thing as a time machine, there's actually a 1967 for you to go to. You know, so these places, these things are real. Then the reason that it's thought to be a challenge to the Kalam is because um, you you couldn't get to infinity by successive addition. One, two, three, four. And suddenly I'm at infinity if I count long enough. And so on the A theory, that's what it would be like is like count every moment that passes. It's like we're counting up and you never get to infinity. But on B theory, since it's all there simultaneously, logically speaking anyway, then uh, perhaps you could have an actual infinite. And we exist on this point in the timeline because that's where we exist on the time block. Uh, but the Grim Reaper, not the Grim Reaper uh, paradox, but the Grim Messenger paradox um, actually, I think, circumvents that and explains why even on a B theory of time, you can't have that kind of an actual infinite uh, regression like that. Thank you, Zom. All right, um, let's let's see what's next. Let's throw in another one, uh, another another comment here. Where did it go? So, if we are absolutely sure that everything that exists has a cause, then what caused God? Oh man, Pritchett, big stumper. What's wrong with that? Everything there. So much. It's uh, who created God, Braxton? Here's the thing. Folks, I, I, this is even more perfect because he actually capitalized it too. I'm I mean, grading for you, Pritch. I'm yeah, grading your answer. I know. I mean, and he actually made the mis the the rookie atheist mistake. Besides asking who created God, is he actually put God in all caps? Because what that shows us is if you're going, if you understand capital G God, what what anyone like Braxton Hunter or Jonathan Pritchett is talking about when we mean God, inherent in the definition itself. Inherent in the word God, especially with a capital G, because we're not talking about Thor anymore. Uncreated, uncaused is part of the capital G God, especially when addressed to people that that's what they mean by God. You're asking the most ridiculous, meaningless question humanly possible. Because what created the uncreated thing that you believe? In? That question is gibberish. It makes no sense. That's what's wrong. That is, but one could challenge that and say, oh, well, yeah. God exists by the necessity of his own nature. That's true. Some would say, he is a necessary yeah, but you're being. just defining God in nature such that it he doesn't have to have a cause. Well, uh, that's what we mean. If we wanted to talk about something else, we'd give a different definition for it. I mean, there's pantheism, panentheism, finite theism, all, deism, all mm -hmm. kinds of different, uh, you know, all kinds of godisms out there. That, that, but what we're talking about is this one. If you want to talk about another god, I'm not like other Christian apologists. I'm happy to talk to you about Zeus and Thor and whether or not I believe in them. Yep. Uh, so, good answer. You know, but I'm just saying you that kind of question, especially with the with the capital G, which we appreciate. Let's kick it to Air Church to follow up on the wonderful things you just said. 
That is not the premise. Everything that begins to exist has a cause. This commenter made a fundamental mistake here of thinking that premise one was everything has a cause. It's everything that begins to exist has a cause. Right. Why is that relevant? Because um, the claim is there not- has to be a necessary foundation for, mor- for uh, well, yeah, for morality. There has to be a, necess- a necessary foundation for reality that must explain its own nature. Right. And- the, 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 the claim is not everything has a cause. Yeah. It's not the way that the premise one is worded. It says everything that begins yeah. to, ha- to exist has a cause. And the reason why goes precisely back to the definition of what we mean by God so that the premise is constructed to make the, the assertion that whatever begins to exist, which if you understand the definition of God I just talked about, God never began to exist. But another reason why that's true and why you're not we're not just defining God so that he doesn't have to have a beginning is because if he's if he is the cause of space, time, and physical matter, and he's therefore spaceless, timeless, and not material, guess what that means? He's not in time. The only things that it where it's even conceivable or meaningful rather to talk about beginnings or endings is for temporal things, things in time. God's not in time. God doesn't have to have a beginning. is a temporal marker word, right? But yeah, we're going to see that again and again and again. Jim Amberg, the channel angel, thank you so much. Happy Easter, everyone. He is risen. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Why didn't we talk about the resurrection today? Because we're like those churches that do counter-programming at Christmas. Hmm. Okay, here we go. Because this is stuck in your crawl. This was in my crawl a little bit. (laughs) Well, what have I done here? I've opened too many things. Replace universe with God in the Kalam and you're back square one. Same problem. What is he saying? How would the Kalam look if you replaced universe with God? Everything that begins to exist must have a cause for its existence. God began to exist. Therefore, God must have a cause for his existence. Well, whatever you want to say about the validity of that argument, the problem is, again, you're 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 making... We could. You're saying nonsense language by saying the the cause that is timeless must have a beginning when you can't have beginnings in a timeless We'll give extra credit for the scare quotes and the lowercase g. So, yes, talk to me about that if we're talking about Zeus uh, and and Thor. uh, Everything that begins to exist must have a cause. Uh, Zeus began to exist. Therefore, Zeus must have a cause. Right. That works. Works for... Marduk, it even works about the fictional Tiamat, concept. Pay, well, we can go through a lot of them. So with your quotes in the lowercase g, I'm, yeah, you're right. Because I don't know what you're talking about then. But when a Christian apologist is talking about defending the existence of God, the Christian apologist doesn't mean some scare quote lowercase g that has could be any number of potential deities that exist in the world. Yeah, um... Jeremiah Apple says, these Friday live streams are always a highlight of the week. Keep up the good work. Happy Easter. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I do too, but let's talk about how uninteresting your life must be for that to be true. Derek Baylor says, (laughs) how do you feel about Craig's thought that God is now in time once he created the universe? I'm fine with it. I'm atheist. I agree with what he says, except for one thing. Um, And he might actually agree with this. Uh, I don't, but I don't think so. I think um, I, God is timeless. God yes. is timeless without creation. Yes. God is timeless now. The thing is, 
uh, God is aware because of the A theory that I affirm. God is aware that for Braxton and Jonathan, it is one forty-one on Friday. Is it? Uh, yes. That Already? God, God's aware of that. So, so in that sense, he's in time in that uh, he knows that every passing moment what's going on. So, so in that sense, he's in time and that's the sense in which it's meaningful for Craig. Yeah. And I'm fine. Um, okay. I mean, I'm actually still open to B theory, but I, I I claim a theory now, but I'm, I'm open to being convinced. I'm not like I am an atheist. It's not, I'm not a fence sitter. Most of the, I think most, but I'm like, but I, Hey, B theorist, I'm, I'm open to it, but I just, there's some problems. But I'm open to it. Okay, did I get? Okay, yeah. First, since we don't know everything about the start of the universe, if that is even the right word, we can't say that it had a cause. We simply don't know enough. Even if you grant that it had a Okay, so on the first point, you're again, I think that's presuming science, like what science tells you. In philosophy, I think you can get to some of these things. Like I love how um, Josh Rasmussen says not about this issue, but he says it about something else. Uh, the contingency argument in that case, he's talking about how now, I know that it seems like that that is a really far out place to be able to get with human reason to to something like that, like the begin the cause of the universe. But I think if we build a sturdy bridge of reason, we can get there. And I think we can. I think that's amazing. So philosophically, I think we can get there. Uh, the fact that scientists, not all of them agree, that, that's okay, fine. That's, I don't know what plumbers think about it either. We simply don't know enough. Even if, you, even if you granted that it had a cause, you don't know that it was a god or your god specifically. Don't have to know that it's my god on the basis of the Kalam. I've got other arguments to establish who this god is, like the resurrection argument. Even if you grant that, what was this God's cause? Already answered multiple times in this episode. I don't understand why that it is so difficult to understand why some of these are gaping holes in the logic here. Well, maybe now you know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if everything exists had a cause. Even if I was to grant you I don't know that either, one, but I, I know that everything that began to exist yes. does. <laughs> That's so. right. He messed up, messed up premise one again, like Air Church caught even if i was to grant you premise one that they did that still doesn't get you to god just because something may have a cause doesn't mean that god or an intelligence is the only answer to the question of what is the cause so that we've laid that out um oh here's something the other guy that, that did the response to me about the kalam this was the part that i saw he says um i he, I, he had me talking to winger about how uh, other things that have been posited that are spaceless, timeless, non-material, and all that. Um, and, and Winger said, maybe a teapot, you know. Well, uh, Dillahunty has said before, universe creating pixies. And, uh, and so I mentioned that. Winger then says, well, well hold on a second. Uh, pixies are like physical and material and in space. And I said, oh, but these are special pixies. <laughs> and I laughed. And uh, the guy pauses it and he's like, look at them laughing at the idea that pixies could create the universe. And he's like, of course, I don't believe they did either, but they should laugh at their own belief. It's like that. It's only normal to that's been normalized to them. That's why it's funny. I'm not laughing at the notion that pixies created the universe. I'm laughing at the idea that once you say they're special pixies because they're spaceless, timeless, non-material, have minds, all these kind of things, you've just described God. You're just describing God well, and calling like God you said, a pixie. In your debate, though, you need to 
Occam's razor off a few. Of yeah. yeah, yeah, but. And then he had issues with well, you believe in a trinity, and it's like I established the trinity on other grounds, completely right. apart from this. Trinity's one so, god. Uh, it's just even people who I think others in the YouTube community think of as, and I think are like really knowledgeable about some of this stuff. Um, the 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 things that they're criticizing it's like i'm not sure how much you like have you are you familiar with the responses to what you just said yeah, i don't know it's the, the the theological equivalent that you mentioned the trinity is like the amateur hour muslim or the amateur hour oneness pentecostal who says the trinity means three gods father yeah. father son and holy spirit are all are all god that's three so that's gods that's plural and you're like no you're making a very, very basic pre-K categorical blunder about the difference between the category of being, which there is one, and person, which there is three in the Trinity. That's a basic, I mean, by the time my kids could uh, started kindergarten, they mm -hmm. understood the difference between, because I would, would talk to my kids about the Trinity. And I'd say, do you understand what the categories? Do you understand being? Do you understand person? I'm a person, you're a person. And they, they instantly, my, my kid, but maybe my kids were cut above uh, everyone else's, which is, could be. But they understood that. And they've never had a problem, and they've never made a simple pre-K categorical error ever again about the Trinity. But you'll hear paid apologists make that mokin seven says your debate with dillahunty dillahunty has two l's by the way happened years ago you need to get over it and move on with your life <laughs> okay. yes you do okay here here i agree why do you need to get over it well i, was I don't respond. understand I, yeah i don't actually understand that. i wanted to agree with it but now i don't i'm confused why? well let me respond to it i was gonna say why would i not dillahunty just two or three days ago referenced his debate with mike Lycona. That happened longer ago than my debate with Dillahunty. Uh, I'm proud of what happened, of how God used what happened with Dillahunty and the people that have come to Christ after viewing that debate. I'm proud. Of, why wouldn't I reference that? I'm proud of my debate with Dan Barker and how God's using that. The only thing why, in Braxton's past that he refuses to talk about is blinding lights, which is yeah. to your shame. Yeah, I know. Why would I did that and prepared for that so that there would be a resource like that? Of course, I'm going to refer to it. That's the whole reason I did it. Now, I I could say something really snarky about why atheists might not want me to talk about the Dillahunty debate. Uh, I, I could tell you because <laughs> Dillahunty got his rear end handed. We won't anymore. go there. We're not talking about that. Uh, just because something may have a cause doesn't mean that God or an intelligence is the only answer. Uh, what evidence do you have? Oh, I, so we already answered this. Once you describe what it is, you're describing a mind independent of a body that right. is sufficiently Yeah, but how powerful. can you have intelligence without a hunk of biological goo or a computer? Like right, because this argument is also an argument for that. Right, because once you unpack that biological gunk and computers are part of what's contained within the universe, you can think that... Well, you forgot to explain as part of the unpacking why it has to be a personal intelligent being, but that that's part of it too. Um, uh, Adam Coleman, thank you so much. Keep killing the game with great content, fellas. Um, well, thank you, thank you, thank keep you. killing the game with great content. But yeah, thank you so much, True ID. Y'all go oh, subscribe to True ID Apologetics. Adam Coleman is the best. When was the last time, Mokin, when was the last time uh, 
I heard Dillahunty reference my debate. Well, I, I, I'm not, I wouldn't reference it either is all I'm saying. <laughs> um, Why draw attention to it? I'm not trying to be a jerk. I just think he's got better debates where he did better. Um, premise one, black swan fallacy. Even if I were to grant premise one and two does not equal God. Um, you believe a magician recited a magic incantation that poofed everything into existence from nothing. Okay. Do you believe that there was no magician or hat or rabbit in a hat and it all just came from nothing? I mean, I don't know what That's you believe. That's worse than magic, actually. As I mean, you you, in, you kind of hint toward it with yeah. premise one, black swan fallacy, but that presumes that we defend premise one inductively, which is another mistake everyone makes. That everything has to have a cause because everything we've Not seen has everyone, a... Braxton. Yeah, you're sounding like okay, me. Okay, you're right. I'm being rhetorical. <laughs> but the reason like that so many people make this you. mistake is they think the reason we think everything that begins to exist must have a cause is because everything we've seen begin to exist has a cause. And that is great gravy to pour on top of this thing. But the reason is because uh, a state of timeless nothingness Nothingness has no properties, no powers, no potentialities. If it has some capability to make something come into existence, then it's not nothing. So that's oh that's oh, but wait the, the the back when uh, before they gave up the goose on the like the smart atheists, not our commenters, but back before the who created God was we have some smart beard stroking atheist would think that he made something novel. Now it's. Well, there's several different definitions of nothing. You need to go listen to Lawrence yeah. Krauss. Yeah, Godless Engineer just made a video about it. He's like, Braxton, you don't understand nothing. <laughs> you don't understand nothing. The nothing that we're talking about is nothing that is, the, I don't know if he said it this way, but this is the correct way to say. It's a it's a, a roiling sea of positive and negative energy. Right, that's and blah, not blah, blah. nothing. And that's, so right, but he'll say that is the nothing that matters. That's the nothing that we can talk about. No, it's not. Philosophical nothing doesn't make, I don't know, is if he thinks it makes no sense or we don't have an example this of it why, or something. This is why they need to become better philosophers. Godless engineer, don't do that. That's that's the who created God. That's clownish. Don't do that. Wow. Wow, Angel WVM. Oh, my goodness. You definitely won the debate with Matt. Here's your prize. Wow, thank I've you. I've been waiting for two years right. to get my prize. I got my prize. Thank you, right. Angel that's WVM. That's more than Leighton gave you for your efforts. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Actually, no, it's not. He paid, But I was there for a whole conference. So. Right. But thank you. So, that's unbelievable. Thank Here, you. Here, you can clip this out. Angel WVM is all right by Trinity Radio. Um. Anyway, let's let's see here. Done Mind Onion. Me? No, we've got one more. I think Mind Onion says, "Is the decline in church membership in the U.S. the consequence of insufficient debates like Braxton's? Then Braxton just isn't debating enough, maybe." Ah. Well, here. Thank you. <laughs> to a person who I think is an atheist, um, but uh, n no, actually, there's a reason that it's a kingdom. There are multiple people doing evangelism in multiple different ways. Debating isn't even the way I typically do evangelism, but we need all of God's people exercising the gifts, talents, and abilities that God has given them um, in order to in order to to uh, impact our culture. And uh, thank God for what's happening in China right now, the way Christianity is is growing there. Back to something, rapidly. I, yeah, and back to something that I brought up uh, earlier about the disproportionate amount of unworthy, undeserved attention we give to atheists on this channel 
who claim victory for, for the decline in church membership has nothing to do. They're not becoming atheists in large numbers. In fact, I, the myriad of reasons why churches decline, like in the U.S. and other places in the West, has very little to do with atheism, per se. There's a whole myriad of problems that I think Christian apologists... If atheists and intellectual reasons were, were why people were struggling with their faith and leaving the church or, or just giving up the... Then we would have deployed Braxton and William Lane Craig to all of these little churches, youth groups, and talk to the kids and give them all the whiz-bang apologetic arguments against the big atheist baddie, which to me is like just another turtle on your way... Uh, that you can jump on the shell and move on in Super Mario Brothers, because I think atheism is that insignificant compared to other issues that uh, we could be addressing and should be. But I know that I know that's what we have Trinity Radio Extra for. But I'm saying the church decline, uh, that's a serious topic. That uh, Apologists need to refocus their attention. I mean, some Christians should learn First Peter better. And it'd be great if we had a resource for that with Dr. Pritchett teaching. Back to apologetics. Brando says, if the multiverse is true, isn't there a chance time could be eternal into the past, given a universe could exist prior to any universe? Not according to the model that, what is it? The Borg-Guth-Belinkin model. Lincoln model, but uh, which people say they don't. I mean, well, everybody will say that they're that, that, that one I think of the it was guys Borg yeah. held up a sign uh, that contradicted their claims there. But actually, on Free Thinking Ministries, because I know people are going to post that um, on Free Thinking Ministries, Tim Stratton's thing, there was a guy who wrote a great response citing everything that, about the theorem and what that guy had said prior, and then pairing it with that and saying this makes no sense. So. Uh, anyway, if you don't know what we're talking about, that's fine. Yeah, the well, problem is that if you have a multiverse, but for the, if you have a universe or a multiverse out of which this universe comes, you just take everything we've said about this universe and roll it into the multiverse yeah, itself. You still have a problem, a uh, philosophical problem with that being an actual. You've just kicked the can and, up the street right? again. So it doesn't matter. But just because a scientist changes his mind doesn't mean, I mean, that's like saying. There's a fair question. When when theologians change their mind on a on a theological position, it happens. It you know it doesn't mean they went from being wrong to right because they changed their mind on something. True ID says, "LOL, I totally agree with that. Braxton is singularly to blame for decline <laughs> in the American church." Yes, you know what? On second thought, let's hang. That Love all me on. atheism. Yes. Let's hang that all on. I love to blame Braxton for everything, so let's hang this on on him. It started in 1965. What started in 1965? What's up, Dean? Glad to see you here, Dean. He is a student of Trinity College of the Bible Theological Seminary. He is. Yes. Uh, Let's see. Any other questions? And I think he rides motorcycles, too. I'm pretty sure he has has an awesome motorcycle. And uh, sweet, I used to ride motorcycles. My yeah, wife won't you let me used now. to be cool. My wife won't let me now. Don't you believe in like female empowerment? I got to listen to my wife, man. Derek Baylor has a question What about your thoughts on preceptors that would lambast you for using arguments like this to put God on trial and argue for deism? Were you going to touch on that? No, but uh, one of my closest friends from the internet world is uh, Eli Ayala. Everyone should go subscribe to Revealed Apologetics, his channel. And he'll tell you, and Bonson would say, that there are actually, presuppers will actually use evidential arguments on occasion. Those aren't, those are not um, off limits for most presuppers who, well, presuppers like. There are, there are sensible presuppers. 
the issue is not presuppositionalism. The issue is always what presuppositionalist. And like you said, what, what are my thoughts on the presuppers that would lambast? Not that all would, but the ones that would lambast us for... That's stupid. It's just stupid. Stop being stupid. Stop saying stupid things. Well, here's the here's quit, what I, quit making presuppositional apologetics, which I like an embarrassment. Here's here, Derek. Here's what I tell students at Trinity who are presuppers and have an issue or ask questions um, about this. We don't really have presuppers at Trinity that throw a fit that we're giving evidential arguments. They're sensible, but um, they but the, but what what I tell them is I say, look, most presuppers are Calvinists, and uh, not all, but most are. Um, and not all Calvinists are presuppers. You know, R.C. Sproul is a classicalist. But let's just let's just recognize that most presuppers are Calvinists. And on Calvinism, they often say that preaching is important because God uses means, right? He uses means. And how shall they hear without a preacher? God doesn't have to, but he does. That's how he does it. Calvinists will say this, okay? All right? Apologetics done right is preaching. Because what is preaching? To preach is to proclaim the truth. That's what preaching is. So a presentation of the gospel message, because good apologetics includes the resurrection. Amen. Because Christianity and, includes the resurrection. And, you know, points out the sinfulness of, of the world, including the person to whom you're speaking as well. So, so um, yeah, so, so God can use the means of preaching apologetically. Uh, using apologetics in a preaching context, and what we're doing here is, preaching on that definition uh, is a means that God can use because the only difference really is we're giving the relevant facts about uh, about the gospel message. The difference is we're using arguments and evidences instead of illustrations and PowerPoints. Yeah, see, this idea, <laughs> that's you're, that's you're, the not, difference. you're not putting God on track. That's, that's so such overblown uh, rhetorical nonsense because you're not putting God on the, on trial. What you're doing is you're you're saying we this is what we believe, and here's here's some things that back up what we're saying. That's not putting God on trial. That's dim, giving a demonstration that the God that we affirm here's 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 support for that. We're not just making this up. It's not. I don't understand that you're you're putting the the non-believer in the position to sit in authority and judge whether God exists or not. No, nobody thinks that. But 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 presuppositionalists. Well, the Freed Thinker podcast, which is Tyler Vela, says, here is one presup who loves the work y'all do for the kingdom. Thank you. He's a California boy, but he, 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 he condescended to us to say y'all. Some presups do need to stop being stupid. Yeah. Pritchett and I agree finally. <laughs> Wink emoji. Yeah. Thank oh, you, Tyler. Tyler, we agree on a lot of things. And but, thank you for the super chat, yeah, Tyler. Yeah, see, I, Everyone I, go listen to the Freed Thinker yeah, podcast. Go Just check it don't out. become Calvinist. See, I don't see this is here's where we disagree, Tyler. I don't care if you become a Calvinist. Just like I don't care if you go be Catholic. Still agree with me on that one? <laughs> Trinity Radio. He doesn't even agree with me on that one. He's like, on oh. the, I do care if you go be Catholic. Right. I, I care if you become don't. Calvinist. I care more if you go become Catholic. I don't care if you become Oh, you're gonna be like Tyler and, and Chris Date. Awful. Don't be like Chris Day. That's terrible. Well, it's not like. Look, I love my Calvinist <laughs> brothers. I'm just. I See, think it's I wrong. Got you now. No, Tyler would say the same thing about Pedal my backwards, position. backwards, my friend. I'm not. Tyler would say the same exact thing about my position, and that is simply that he wants people to believe true things. He doesn't think my position is true. I think his position is false. I want people to believe true things, and I think Tyler would agree with me and be like, "Yeah." And you all gonna make it 
to the pearly gates, believe in dumb things. Every Christian will. Yes. On the Kalam, which I think is great, Ivan J. asks, what do you say to the objection that just because the universe consists of time, space, and matter doesn't mean they couldn't exist before it? So when we say universe in this context, we're talking about all contiguous physical reality. Mm-hmm. That's why when we say universe, we're talking about if there's a multiverse, the whole thing, not just when people say our local representation of the universe. Okay. When we say universe, we're talking about the whole thing. If there's a multiverse, that. Anywhere you find time, space, and matter. That's what you mean. That's part of the universe. We're calling that the universe. So there could have been time, space, and matter prior to this our universe. local representation of the universe. Yeah. But that would be a further aspect of contiguous physical reality that still needs an explanation in precisely the way that the universe does. Now, I do like... Dr. John Bloom at Biola, he's the archaeologist slash physicist, two doctorates. And how cool is that in archaeology and and physics or whatever? Um, Smarter than either one of us. He does like to posit some idea in the sense of time, some sort of divine meta time instead of divine timelessness. And I don't know what he's talking about when he says things like that, really, because it's it's to hear him talk is he's he's on that other level that we're not on but that's i i'm i'm not i don't balk at it because the reason why we get timeless spaceless you know immaterial other than saying you know god is spirit um we think god is not the cosmos so whatever the cosmos is god lacks those kind of properties so sans the cosmos this is what which what you do in the kalam but Given that, I'm not personally opposed to positing ideas about him at a time. Like, I'm not scared when people bring that up. Because I don't think that affects even the Kalam. Whatever kind of divine sense of meta time that God may be tracking on that's not some sort of timelessness might be cool. I don't freak out about ideas. You know, open theists pretty much say this, uh, posit something similar because they think that God is from everlasting to everlasting is not timeless. Um but Dr. Bloom's not an open theist. He's a physicist and an, and, and an Indiana Jones guy. So um, those ideas are already out there. They don't freak me out. Uh, Shannon Q is in the chat. Welcome, Shannon Q. Brando says, what's the best way to tell a non-believer who learned deterministic thinking from or things from a Calvinist that we don't need to believe that, but do still believe the gospel? Okay, well, then now, first of all, um, I actually, believe it or not, so free will and determinism has been a big part of, of what I use in debates. And after a debate, I actually told an atheist who says, I said something like, I'd like to believe this, but um, I'm a determinist. I, I actually told her, I personally think the determinism is false. However, that, that should not be an impediment to you becoming a Christian because there are many Christians who are determinists. Mm-hmm. So I'm fine with some, I mean, I, I, no, I'm not fine with it. Because again, I want people to believe true things, and I don't think it's true. But I'd rather someone be a Christian than worry about whether determinism is true or false. Of course. But on this uh, point, if if to answer your question, I'd say, well, to the person, why do you think that determinism has to be true for Christianity? What's making you say that? Let them tell you. And if they don't know, then say, well, it's not. (laughs) That's that's how I do it. And whatever they give you in terms of scripture or reasons. you respond most to those. of the Calvin and I, I I came out of a reformed tra- well no I came out of a Calvinist tradition I don't even like I came out of a tulip dispensational tradition <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but in that tra- 
in all my experience with what is commonly called Calvin, I'm sorry, John MacArthur and Steve Lawson, my old pastor, they're not even Calvinists. They're tulipists. They're dispensate. Anyway, that whole thing. Dean that Alley. Was, that was my background. These folks, I never once heard them present a gospel that was all about determinism and limited atonement. And all. It's, just, it's just, you know, we're all sinners. We stand in the judgment of God, but God sent his son, Jesus. It's the same message. So I, I, I don't, I mean, determinism and secondary tertiary issues like that don't really affect the gospel when you present it to right. real people. Dean Alley says what he was talking about starting in 1965 was the decline of the church. Um, someone just asked a question I was trying to get to. Uh, I don't know about... Hey. Hey. Who created Shannon Q? That's a that's a that, that's actually a question that has a meaning to it more so. At, in than what sen- sense of created? Right. In one sense, her parents created her. Right. In another sense, biology created her. But in an ultimate sense, God created her right. and loves her. Um, more preaching for you, Shannon Q. I don't care. Uh, yeah. Shannon is here, Braxty Poo. <laughs> feel like I have been. Braxty um, Poo. What else do we have? Any more questions? That comes up on occasion. I, just in case you're, that hasn't gone anywhere, uh, Shannon. So we're still, we thank you for that. Still appreciate that one. Camera needs to be closer to Pritchett's face. Here we, we have go. a Pritchett cam. Peregrine, Peregrine Pritchett cam. Just, uh, just one more time. What? Look, just Pritchett cam. That's what we have this for. Yeah, see, it even says Pritchett Cam. Yeah. Um, Peregrine Knight, GBYB. I am instead of him. What does GBYB? Huh? What does GBYB mean? Anyway, I am a presup. The way I see it is I'd like have to ask my kids about those the foundation <laughs> evidence. I don't understand those Listen to him though. It's like the foundation uh, evidence is the walls and the roof is the truth. Does this analogy work? Sure, for presuppers, presuppers, for presuppers. That's how I said that. It works for presuppers. Uh, thank you for that donation. I mean, I think that that's a good version of presupp because I don't know why when we have incredible evidence like we yeah, have. Yeah, I mean, Scott Oliphant's fine with that kind of thing, you know. Um, James White one time said, if you're going to use something out, if you're going to do these evidential stuff, this classical stuff, you better be really smart. You better be real. It's almost like he thought we didn't have good evidence when he was saying it. And like, don't you realize that like God does exist? You believe that. So there's incredible evidence that God yeah, I don't even understand what, what, what that argument is. Because anytime you present the fact that every other worldview has borrowed capital or no foundation whatsoever, absent the truth of Christianity— how that itself doesn't count as an evidence for which they're sitting in judgment of God over or whatever. That's why that stuff's nonsense, because mm-hmm. even that is itself evidence in the demonstration that other worldviews either borrow capital from Christian theism or lack a foundation. So I don't really understand. Um, I've missed this question. Kelvy Cuello says, says, do you think over your performance? Do you, 
and you, sit in judgment over God and weigh whether or not they think that this God you're talking about is necessary for their ideas. It's the same thing. So I don't, I don't understand that. Maybe Tyler can help us out. Have all you want, Pritchett. Go. No, I just, that's all I had to say. Is, <laughs> okay. Tyler, help, help us out. What is this? How is that fundamentally different? How do, why, He's not who, ate up about it. I know, but, what, but he, he knows that world. So I, what I want to know is, what is there, how do they explain that there's a fundamental difference that all the stuff that they're saying that I agree with about them borrowing capital or they can't give an account absent the truth of Christianity. I agree with that. I'm preceptors right there with you. But what you're doing, that's also dem- that's giving a demonstration, using, meeting them at their level, coming down and explaining to them in terms that you think, and they have to sit in judgment over God, whether or not the, that God is necessary for all the things that they want, that they don't think that they need your God for or not. They're still sitting. Okay. In, how is it fundamentally different? He's nice. He's a smart guy. He, he gets what you're saying. Yeah. Kelvy Cuello says, do you think Calvinists have any ground to claim middle knowledge requires that God learn new information versus his attribute of omniscience? No. And Bruce Ware didn't agree either. And he's a middle knowledge Calvinist. Right. <laughs> the, the thing is, it's, when we talk about it being middle knowledge, that's a logical ordering. That's not. It's not like there's a there's actually a moment where he doesn't know what's ha- what is right. It's happening. a logical. He knows all these yeah, things eternally, timelessly. All Calvinists that are smart and know what they're talking about. Don't say this because all Calvinists know there's natural knowledge and free knowledge. I mean, turn in all. It's been known for centuries now. This stuff's been hashed out. All that Molina was doing was sticking middle knowledge right there between. Natural God's natural knowledge and God's free knowledge and the form, formulation of the decree. So but, God doesn't have to learn any information. There's no time in which he acquired new information because God's timeless, right? So you could just say, take out middle knowledge. God acquired new knowledge. The free knowledge, that's like, if you're going to say that about middle knowledge, you have to say the same thing about the free knowledge God acquired after he put it together in his mind. But you can't say that because it's all atemporal. Right? That's how that all happens. So, no, there's nothing about middle knowledge that God's learning from knowledge that he already had innately because it was already known. It's not, it's logical sequence, not temporal. And if you want to argue that, then you have to say the same thing about free knowledge and natural knowledge. So, there you go. All right. That's not the issue. Go watch my question to Tim Stratton, which I think this logical ordering uh, where the problematic lies with that as far as a logical dependence upon performing an action and having an attribute but i flesh mm-hmm. all that out for calvinism and molinism in that in that in my uh, discussion of molinism my quibbles with molinism with dr tim stratton brando says how would you respond to the moral argument how would you respond on the moral argument to someone who says morals are simply emotions there is no law emotions are simply produced from chemicals in the brain well so basically this is someone who's saying that our sense of morality is subjective oh yeah punch him in the face that that's the that's the old uh snarky answer to this um the point is you punch (laughs) him in the face they will respond with ire and like how dare you um oh yeah but that's just emotional don't get emotional emotional, right (laughs) um well here's the thing anything wrong you just don't like it go be emotional I just go back to the uh, principle of incredulity where you just uh, this borrowed from Richard Swinburne's argument from uh, religious experience where you just say, look, if I have inside of me 
uh, a belief, uh, an intuition, we should say it's an intuition that seems impossible to doubt. Not that it is impossible, but it seems impossible to doubt. Um, then I'm justified in maintaining that position until uh, overwhelming evidence comes from the other side. So uh, this is the way you can more formally structure that is to say, look, any premise, uh, uh, any, anytime someone wants to argue with me that morality is not objective in the way that I intuit it is, uh, one or more of their premises and their argument are going to be less obviously true, less plausible then, which means likely to be true, than my immediate awareness that morality is objective. And so you want in a good argument premises that are plausible that is more likely to be true than false. And so the, if you present that argument, but it just doesn't seem that there can be such an argument. Secondly, when we're studying morality, when we're, when we're looking to try to figure out information about morality, how do we do that? Well, the only real direct way to do that is introspection. We, uh, the morality is something that seems to be a part of what humans do and humans think about. So the way you study it is to introspect and think about its nature as it exists for you. So that's a not an uh, unimportant or illegitimate way of going about it. No, you missed the point. Digital Gnosis, the, it doesn't confirm their theory because they, they believe that something bad has actually transpired that I should not have done. That's where you're missing it. It's like, JP, no it's like J.P. Moreland said. You find something that somebody cares about, a relativist cares about, you'll find a closet objectivist every time. Find their little thing. And all of a sudden, uh, objective moral duties exist. There, okay. Maybe environment or or how we treat uh, the LGBT community. Find whatever they find whatever their hot button thing is, and moral relativism vanishes every yeah. time. Because the free thinker talking about presuppositionalism, man. Because the those kinds of precepts think that the issue is the apologist is encouraging the unbeliever to use God-given reason to evaluate if God exists or not. I think it's silly because he goes on somewhere. He might go on. There he is. Uh, they need to use God-given reason to even understand the language the precept is using. Right. So Pritchett is right. That's encouraging them to sin, to think about evidence any more than just talking to them. You're right. That's so, um, <laughs> so come on. And there's it's fundamentally no difference in what the evidentialist or classicalist or whatever. See, I don't even, okay. Pritchett has no idea about undergrad theories of ethics. You're right. I have no idea about all that stuff. This is what he does. You know, when in my undergrad, when I read that poem book, I was just like, what is all of this about? I'm going to go eat Cheetos. I have no clue. Now, about see, undergrad here's stuff the thing. That I learned in my undergrad and in my grad classes. When you comment on a live stream, to, to the people running the live stream, it is an expectation of reality that they are going to talk about what you just said or talk about other things that have to do with you and the live stream. When I do this, certain people feel like it's not fair. And it's only fair if we have this big open discussion on someone's channel. I didn't ask you to comment on my live stream, but if you comment, Pritchett might say something to you. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> And there are certain people that just go around. And I'm fine with you making comments like that. I mean, obviously, you have no idea about all the ethics classes and what my library looks like. You don't even know who Louis Poiman is. But okay. no, I've noticed. I've noticed that but, certain yeah. people 
We'll go around to apologize, apologize. I wonder channels. if his textbook, even though I wonder if that's still, I mean, that's how long ago. And they'll complain about like when, when apologists use terms like, uh, that, that are, that are specific. Like, uh, if we talked about, um, pan proto psychism or something. Or that one the, word I can't pronounce correctly. Doxastic. Doxastic. The, this, these sorts of individuals, there are a certain sort of individuals who will run around and say about that apologist or comment and look, they don't know. It's obvious they don't understand these philosophical. They don't know. And it's like, they don't know what they're talking it's about. like you protest a little too much. It might yeah. give something away. There are channels. <laughs> let me just say this. This is me or getting I'm something off my chest. so little. <laughs> that, 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 there are channels out there that I listen to because I actually, they're atheist channels that I actually enjoy listening to. And I even enjoy when they're talking about me. Hey, Tommy. Um, but here, but here's the yes. Yeah, so there's just bad press in internet YouTube land. Come on, um, just but, runs more people to our channels, and and that's here, why we do this. And here's the thing, right? There are certain channels out there that I enjoy listening to, and I would love to make response videos to them almost every time they release a video, because almost every time they release a video, they make the same sort of fundamental mistakes that the people in this video made. And your subscribers go up. But I don't, <laughs> I don't respond to that because. It's not necessarily part what of God it is because on days like today, you try so hard not to be as obnoxious as me, right? I'm really trying. And yeah. and if you were to go down that rabbit hole to get all the clicks that you can possibly get and all the subs that you'll possibly get, if you did that very thing, you would end up like me. That's what would happen. And nobody wants that. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, I think there's a large number of people that want us to both just be unhinged beasts on here, just ripping people. Benjamin shit. Handelman, you weight-losing crazy man. Thank you for that $5. I so appreciate it. Have a blessed good Friday. Now, I didn't mention his weight loss, which means he hasn't lost anymore. Huh. <laughs> How do you... Man? Pritchett Loki loves Calvinism. I do love Calvinism. I... Th I have two minds about Calvinism. One, I think it's false and somewhat silly if you want me to like affirm it as universal theology of the church. But I also have no problem saying, as studying it as a set of world-changing ideas in the stream of Western theology, it's fascinating. And there's a reason why I, you... Calvin now Tyler's here belongs hold on in the, in Tyler the canon of Western listen books. Tyler's right out there yes and you said something snarky about Calvinism one time like this that ate him up don't do it again we like Tyler's Tyler's cool man I, I've always said those two things Calvinism love it as a set of ideas fascinating interesting to discuss in the history of ideas especially in the Western stream of theological thought world-changing you everyone just like everyone should read the republic by plato everyone should read the institutes everyone should read uh yes they should even read nietzsche even though braxton doesn't like it i don't do that to me again where i have to explain about nietzsche you don't guess I, what you don't he doesn't like it. it's fine you don't have to like it. i'm not gonna explain like. i'm gonna say right. what i want to read what i think everyone should read is knock off tom Cat's super chat there you go which is 25 dollars. that is crazy thank you so much knock off tom cat you didn't even make a comment every atheist on planet earth should read calvin's institutes because everyone on earth should recap. I'm looking for Baylor's super chat. I have a whole list in Trinity radio primetime discussion of all the books you need to read before you die. He says, 
I'm going to. And they're not all dead white males either. I'm going to work through Pritchett's giant recommended reading list. But that's any, the one. But any recommended reading for parenting too? <laughs> Pritchett is, can't recommend anything about parenting. He'd probably tell you Aristotle or something. Single parenting book. <laughs> I did. I get everyone super. People shots? actually read parenting books, which is which is. It's never occurred to me to try to read one. Of you know, my dad told me. When I had kids, I, I when our first daughter. Good luck, son. I, t- I told my dad said, "Listen to me, son." He said, "You don't need to go to none of these conferences. You don't need to buy any books, even though I did." Uh, he said, "Here's what you do. Here's how." And he knows because he was the best parent who's ever lived, and I mean that. He said, "Here's what you do. You try to be all day, every day, the kind of father to your daughter that Andy was to Opie." And then make sure you stay close to the Lord, and that's all you need to know. And you know what? He's right. So go get some old dusty VHSs of the Andy Griffith Show, whoever was asking that, and um, and get to it. And a Bible. The Andy Griffith Show and a Bible. I mean, so much thing. good could be done in the world if people would just purchase those two things. Um, let's see. That reminds me of your coffee mug. Not the U2 coffee mug, not the Trinity Radio coffee mug, but you have a Mayberry coffee mug. Yeah, I do. It's it? it's I, I it's found somewhere. it uh, on the other side of the building in the old studio. <laughs> uh, let's see. So we got that one. Any new questions here? Oh, here we go. The Church Split. Great YouTube channel. Go That's check out their conversation with the um, Braxton, right? In, well, yes, but the independent fundamentalist <laughs> I haven't had one with me. Baptist guy that they had on there was really good. And their discussion of abortion with gray, something gray, deified gray, divinely gray. God is gray. God is gray. There you go. How do you respond to the objection that Molinism is still determined? Shannon Q will be happy about this. My, my 15-year-old daughter watches God is gray. She thinks it's dumb, but she does watch. I don't think I'd let my daughter watch that mess. I, I no, yes, <laughs> no. It's the whole. You're not indoctrinating whole, right. Just, just give them a Bible, and they'll be atheists, kind of thing, right? Oh yeah. Okay, well, let's see what they. The have best to way say. to make someone a Christian is expose right. them to YouTube atheism. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, she's not an atheist. She's a progressive Christian. Yeah. God is great. And my daughter thinks she's lame. How do you respond to the objection that Molinism is still deterministic since God created the world where you made that, that choice? Canard. Thus, you never really had a choice. You'd, but the thing is, first of all, it is, not, it, is, it is definitionally not and can't be deterministic if the agents in that world possess libertarian freedom. It's like freedom. God, if you capitalize the G and you're talking to a Christian, can't be something created or, or caused. Same thing. Um, yeah, yeah, the thing is, God chooses what world you're in, but you choose what you do in that world. That's the best way to say it. So whenever I choose to do this, on my view, I did it with libertarian freedom. But uh, there could be other worlds where I didn't do this, but instead I picked up the U2 coffee mug. Joshua Tree, as a matter of fact. But, um, but, But God selected, if I had only picked up this one, to actualize the world of free creatures where I freely did this. Now, is that determinism? No, it's definitionally not determinism. I understand the criticism, though, because it seems like it's approximating something like determinism, where whatever I end up doing is what God decided I would do. But he chose to actualize a world 
according to uh, worlds where I have that, where I freely make those decisions. Yeah. So in the actual world, I freely made all those decisions. So some people may not like that, but I still think that's a satisfying answer. Um, uh, I'll accept it as a self-loathing Molinist. You're a self-loathing Molinist. Israel of Wisdom Media. That's almost as cool as the knockoff Tomcat. Israel of Wisdom. Have you guys interacted with the theodicy of appreciation by comparison? If it works, would you leave the free will theodicy? Not sure about that one. Do you know what he's talking about? Nope. I just don't know what you're talking about. Uh, but I don't see how I would leave the free will theodicy because, for example, I actually accept every theodicy I've heard of. Including the Reformed theodicy. It's just that I think that free will is the engine that makes those other ones really sing. Which is weird to say about the Reformed theodicy, but... Yeah, the, free will, the, the Reformed theodicy at base is saying, look... Everything has a purpose because God's in control. God is going to ensure that, that yeah. his purposes are done through all these things. And and all you accept the I agree that he has authority over all those things and that he's in control. The question is, how does he exercise that control? And I think he exercises that control by giving us limited so, libertarian hey, bare freedom. bones, non cut out everything that people might think you have to presuppose about a reformed theodicy and just the bare bones. Has cut out in. the, the stuff I don't like out of the reformed theodicy <laughs> due to the reformed theodicy. What, uh, uh, who was it? Thomas Jefferson with the Bible. Was it Thomas Jefferson who cut out yes. the supernatural stuff out of the Bible? Yeah. Okay. Um, Benjamin Handelman's back. How dare you, sir, Braxton? I'm down to 198. I just was trying to not rub it in the face of those <laughs> who have apostatized yes. from Theology Geek yes. Fitness. Yes. Yes, quitter. You, you, all, you and Benjamin do realize I teed you all up for that. Quitter. But look, I think I'm looking pretty slim today. This is my good shirt Behind that, that makes me look slim. Black is slimming. Yeah. True ID says Andy Griffith was a Jedi level TV dad. There you go. Yeah. Um, yep. Pritchett and I are besties today. Yep. Pritchett and I, are you guys still enjoying this? Because I'm just like floating through the comments now. Pritchett and I are better besties. Better than our today. content, apparently. <laughs> I think some views like libertarian freedom and or provisionism are false or silly. But I love how much they are trying to adore God's goodness and love, even if they get deets wrong. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't think LFW is silly. I do think provisionism can be silly, depending. I, I don't even know what. I'll respond in kind. I think that what I appreciate about Calvinism is that this is a group of people who are trying to take the Bible seriously and understand what it's actually saying. And then come what may affirm that. And I appreciate that about them. My problem is, is I can't figure out what provisionism is anymore. And I'm like best buds with Lane Flowers, and I still can't figure out what, what, what traditionalism provision. What, what all. I mean, I, I know I agree with certain parts of it, but I can't put, I don't know, because there's so many, I don't know. I play That's PUBG right. on Xbox Live. Are you a provisionist? Do you call yourself? Xbox Live. Do you okay. call yourself a provisionist? When, people, what's your, what's your, when I hear provisionism described, it's what I believe. Okay. Except I also believe in Mormonism. But, but I'm like, I hear that, and then the eternal security issue comes up. I'm like, no, that's nowhere in the Bible. You need to 
be a little bit more scared of. Should deterministic Christians read more on libertarian free will? Some deny God has libertarian free will because he can't choose contrary to his nature, which isn't even what libertarian free will. Yes, posits. and yes, and yes, and and then you ask him, what do you mean by nature? And then wait for the. Out of a hundred, ninety of your answers, they'll all be different, but then ninety of them will be stupid because the word nature is such a slippery word. And what does it mean to act contrary to? Digital Gnosis said a minute ago something like that I seem to get real, I forget how he said it, but real animated and uh, go off when he said something snarky about Pritchett's knowledge or whatever. Yes, because let me tell you something. This man may be uncouth sometimes. He may do things that are, he may say things that are offensive in a comical way, but this is one of the, this is the most loyal human outside of my wife and family that, that I know. I love this man so greatly that I'm more sensitive about things said about Pritchett than I am things said about me. Why? I'm not sensitive about things said about me at all, but I understand. Are you sensitive about things said about me? Right. I'm ready to kill people and that's not Christian. But I'm just like, you're going to die. Oh, man. Yeah. See, it's that old sinful nature, that old flesh. (laughs) Uh, The free thinker says, seminary question. Can y'all please allow those with undergrads skip right to THM and not do MA? That is basically repeat of same systematic theology. Ours isn't actually. I've noticed that. I don't, I hate the redundancy. So as the vice president of academic affairs, I actually did not do that uh, at, at our seminary because that bugs me too. And it also bugs me that, that some seminary, you know, oh gosh, I could go on about this, but don't worry about that because I, that, and, and the same thing with undergrad, the masters at, because like we also have a Bible college here too, where it's the same thing at the undergrad and the, the MA level of systematic theology Maybe it's a different textbook, but it's still just a rehash of all that. So I we we have kept that redundancy down to the absolute bare minimum. Trust me. I, I know what you're saying, I think. But Trinity has long led the field in so many areas of seminary in the United States that we don't get credit for. Distance learning being the number one. But academic programming, too. We had a Ph.D. in philosophy before, I think, anybody Certainly before liberty, but and there's this theology and apologetics. The church split says that they actually sent you an invitation on Facebook, but you know answer because you're antisocial, cry face. Please send it to jpritchett at trinitysim.edu because I am antisocial when it comes to Messenger. I don't, I'm very bad about Messenger. I, I don't know. There's just... I use Marco Polo for like personal communication with people um, or sometimes Braxton will text me like really uh, I don't like text messaging either but but I'm really bad about about Slam RN says read Christian historian David Barton's The Jefferson Lies exposing the myths you've always believed about Thomas Jefferson I take it then that maybe he didn't dice up his Bible that way well it doesn't, I mean, not. I'm ready to kill people, and that's not Christian. Preach it when people talk crap about his boy. See, that belongs, that belongs on, on a, a t-shirt, t-shirt too. <laughs> I, but we still haven't got the Christians do it better t-shirt. 
We should. What's up, Braxton? Jonathan, what's up, Jose? Thank you for that 499 super chat. That means a lot. How do you respond to the claim that annihilationism is better because ECT is immoral, finite beings suffering forever? Well, first of all, I would point you to Chris Date. I don't know if Chris is still in the chat. As you probably know, he's the head of Rethinking Hell and is a conditionalist. Annihilationist, and he doesn't think that it's that ECT is immoral. Right. I think so that's I right. would say I would say that claim um, I understand the, 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 the thinking and the sentiment behind that claim because the idea of that sits better with people than the idea of eternal conscious torment. No matter what anybody says about that. Right. <laughs> but the, the, but, the, uh, but it's not immoral. Well, the question is, is God just to, would God be just to have it be eternal conscious torment? And I agree with Chris Day. But I, I think do that understand, would be just. I, yeah. God's not immoral for eternal conscious torment, but I understand why people think that he would be. But annihilationism, annihilationists shouldn't argue on the basis of what they think is moral or immoral about God any more than atheists should try it because that, that kind of reasoning leads to all sorts of ditches. What you want to do is you want to make exegetical arguments for why a view is preferable to belief, regardless of what we think by our standards is moral or immoral of God. So... Um, Freed Thinker says, I'll have to check out Trinity then. I'm about 60% through my MA, and it's all repeats and expensive. Yeah. You talk to, you, you talk to uh, Braxton to hook, hook you up, too. Um, let's see. Church Split, thank you. Thank you for answering that old canard. It's one, of, it's one I'm always asked, and I always respond with a similar answer. Wanted to be sure I wasn't crazy. Yeah, it is an interesting thing if you're interested in like taking in this kind of content, worldview content, philosophy, religion stuff. Sometimes when you're studying something new or, or something you've had for a long time, but you, you're studying it further, you'll have thought of you know, how you would respond about something, or you've said it to other people, and then you find out, Oh yeah, that's the answer a lot of people give. It's like, uh, it's kind of like when I used to, one of the reasons I really loved Norman Geisler and what got me into apologetics initially after, after my, uh, my Ken Ham days <laughs> is that um, I, I would be reading Geisler and, and I would say, yeah, but what about this? And by the end of the page, he's talking about that. What about this? And it was just so great. And I just love that. Um, yeah. Well, uh, we've come down to kind of the bottom of this thing, and it looks like people are more interested in uh, talking amongst themselves now than asking us questions. Um, yeah. Yeah, somebody, why don't you talk to me, Braxton? Why don't you talk to me? I will. My speaking honorarium is $1,500. I'm going to do, do what people, I'm going to do what, I'm gonna, <laughs> we're going to put this up on the screen. Do you guys at Trinity, presumably, have a computational neuroscience postgrad degree? No. And as much as we appreciate people that go into lines of work that would require that, we're focused on things that have uh, more value. College of the Bible so. and Theological <laughs> Seminary. It's in the name. It's in the name. Yeah. Well, that's that, man. That's a show. That is. We got to get off of here so Winger can come on. Right. And people need to make their snacks. Thank you for the super chats. I so appreciate that. Thank you for yes. everything. You're all wonderful, Pritchett. Free you thinker, church split, true idea apologetics. Go check out those channels. 
Well, I now, now see, but I can't shut it off now because someone gave us a $20 oh. super chat. There we go. And it's one that I'm interested in. We could talk about this. Is it ethical to pay into healthcare that covers abortions for other people if it's cheaper than Christian alternatives? Can you contribute to Christian anti-abortion ministries to even the morality? Interesting. I'm not laughing because that's absurd. I'm laughing because it's interesting the situation we find ourselves in. I, 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 here's my answer. Same thing about your car insurance. Same thing about your barber. Same thing about everything. If there's a person in your church that cuts hair, that charges... Three or four more dollars in supercuts or great, what is it, the, these chains? You go to your brother or sister. One of them the haircut. godless haircut companies. Well, <laughs> yeah, as a former, I will say that great, what is it, great clips and then the, the sports cl- these places are, go to the. Extraordinary place. clips require extraordinary expense. Um. No, extraordinary haircuts require extraordinary barbers. And so you should pay a little bit more than go and get your supercuts discount $7 haircut day. Yes, you should go pay uh, a little bit more to get, if your car insurance is a little bit more to buy from the agent that goes to your church so that he can also feed his family and you go get your oil change at the guy with the auto shop in your church so that you can help your brother or sister feed their families. Yes, you should always do business with Christians, especially if they're in your local congregation, if not your denomination or, or, or just wider you know, Christian service. Uh, of course. Yeah. The only exception I make to that is don't... If it's coming down to Netflix or PureFlix, you always go Netflix. So I, I have inconsistencies. because Netflix think, isn't killing people that right. I know of. Well, I'm just saying you don't always get to the Christian thing and, and not the secular thing. Because, you you know, I'm just saying if it comes down to Netflix or PureFlix, you go with Netflix every single the time. The church split says, but I can't control that, the money once it's out of my hands, but I will do my best to always financially support moral institutions, even if it there costs There you me. go. And the same thing, but more and even more importantly <clears throat> than a national plan you buy into is support and the I, local businesses of the people in your local churches. I, I'm, not, um, I'm not an expert on this, obviously, but... I, those those Christian groups where it's kind of like you you kind of share each other's burdens, I think is kind of I think it's kind of biblical, and I, I like the way they do it. Yeah, unless the thing that they're doing is garbage, which that's that's a, I mean, if like the barber gives terrible haircuts, yeah, you don't go to the, t- but why is he not doing it as unto the Lord? And then that's another issue. So, why do the books on that column behind you change every couple of weeks? I never touched those books on that column. I used to back when they were different books, back when this all had more of a geek flair to it. Um, but once I changed it to these old books, these old, these are like uh, commenta- Bible commentaries that I don't use because I have it all on um, Logos, Logos and now. And so, but I, I don't mess with those now. If they're changing, it's because Pritchett's coming here when I'm not around and moving them around. Just to mess with people. <clears throat> all right. Yep. Winger. But there's no well, winger today. I, yeah, no winger today. Derek again. Thank, Derek like says, quick, keep sending them super chats so they can't stop. Yes, I agree with Derek. <laughs> like, I don't do this for the no, money. No, you don't. No, you, no. I, I do this for the money. I want to say that, something okay, about this. We made that clear. He doesn't do it for the money. I have no problem saying that I do it. For the money. Pine Creek recently said. Um, I, this, I, say, I hope he clips those things out and says, see, he only in it for the money. That's why I say stuff like that well pine creek said just a couple maybe this week i think he said um braxton 
he said, oh, yeah, someone asked him, do you think Braxton's just in it for the money? He's like, oh, yeah, he's in it for the money. He says, now, I do think he actually believes all this stuff, but he's in it for the money. Um, yeah, I'm actually not in it for the money, but if you send me money, I won't send it back. <laughs> oh, does he mean YouTube or Christianity in general? Like, Who knows? I mean, everyone's got to have a job to pay the bills. Braxton believes this stuff. He's fortunate enough to be president of a seminary and be able to have a YouTube channel for which people throw money at him for reasons that escape us. What's the problem? That's just hating. That's just hater. This is being a hater. Silly. Yeah. Um, well, okay. Looks good. I like Thanks, to feed everyone. my kids, so I do things for money. Don't give any more super chats because we're going to shut yeah. it down. I don't if, understand why that's such a bad thing. If you do give super chats after this. Do you this. like food, shelter, and clothing? Yes. Whatever you do to provide food, shelter, and clothing, part of it is you do it for the money. I was going to say if. And if, we love what we do, but money's nice. I was gonna say, if you if you give super chats now, I won't get to them because we're done. Yeah. But uh, but I love you all. You're wonderful. Um, you're you're be- wonderfully and gloriously made. Yes. Um, whoever made you, <laughs> and we know who ultimately made you. But with that, uh, we've enjoyed it. But I have to find the place to do this. Yep. And will Pritchie got anything else you want to say? Ha ha ha! Put it up there. Put it up there. What? The super chat. I said I wasn't going to do that. Right, but I said do it. Never caught you live before. Well, we're glad you barely caught us live. Hello. How might you respond to someone who identifies as a non-theist? I see nothing to indicate anything supernatural in the reality around us. Cheers. So all kinds of supernatural stuff around us. A non-theist might be an agnostic, might be an atheist. Um, are, are you saying, oh, you're not saying what do I call them? How do I respond to them? <laughs> well, I present what I think are good reasons to believe that the Christian God exists. I have, there's a t-shirt for this. It's got Braxton's face on it. It says, look at the trees. But I, what I, what, I think that we have several good arguments for the existence of God. You can go search these on this channel. Um, the, the, we have a, we actually have a, a playlist on this channel for arguments for God and then a playlist or reasons to believe in God or something. And then a separate one for Christianity that has all the information there. But, um, in short, we, I think there are several good reasons to believe in God is the best explanation for the beginning of the universe. And I would use the Kalam cosmological argument or a contingency argument for that. Um, God is the best explanation for the fine tuning of the universe for life, such that life is permissible. And that's the teleological or design arguments. God's the best explanation for our, uh, our, uh, intuition about morality. And that, uh, would be something like the moral argument. I think that, uh, um, well, what else could I give? Uh, the free will argument. I think he's the best explanation for our sense that we have free will. But if you don't believe we have free will, pick one of the other ones. We got loads. Capturing Christianity just did a video a couple of weeks ago with 140 arguments for God's existence. And then for Christianity, I would, I would give a resurrection case, as well as perhaps near-death experiences. And believe it or not, and I'm not actually all that interested in what people Dreams, visions, healings, report that- when they have near-death experiences. I'm interested in are they able to, do they have evidential qualities? Like are they able to talk about things that were happening in another room in the hospital when they were had no brainwave and no heart rate and all those kind of things? So I think there's a lot of reasons. But what were you going to say, Pritchett? Well, I'll say in addition to, to, to the healings and, you know, miracles and dreams and visions and appearances of Jesus to Muslims, 
that never heard the gospel. Yes, we have a video on that too. So there's a lots of lots of things that give me reason. So it's a matter of perspective. I start with rejecting the premise because I don't accept the late Western post-Enlightenment dichotomy of natural supernatural as if that's a way to break up reality in the first place. It's somehow meaningful. There's a fantastic, there's a fantastic but, miracle caught recorded that I have that I released this week. I actually, it comes from a video, a longer video I did like two years ago. Um, it's also a, a miracle account that is, that is in Lee Strobel's case for miracles, which is fantastic. But uh, it, it's a uh, it, it's a guy who has destroyed his vocal cords. He went to a symposium of I think Swiss uh, doctors or whatever, and um, they they said, yeah, the, the chances that you're ever going to speak again are nothing. You're not going to speak again. And this was the case for years. And then he's in a Sunday school class, and he's just whispering like this, and he's presenting what the Bible says about miraculous healings or something like that. And as a result, and or in the midst of that. He starts talking normally. Interestingly, the atheists in the comments section, what they have to say about that is, well, it's, this is clearly an invention that Christians made up. This couldn't have really, he must be lying or faking it. It can't really be true. That's their response. Why is that their response? Because if this is true, it looks like a miracle. And uh, so, I, and you can get Strobel's book on that and read more about it, and you can watch the video from me. But anyway, uh, yeah, so I think there's plenty of good reasons to believe that in what the supernatural, Pritchett doesn't like the term supernatural. But um, yeah, so. So you want my final concluding thoughts now? Yes, now here do another round of okay. concluding thoughts. Work your rear delts, okay? I get posture questions all the time. How do I correct my posture? How do I not sit like T-jump and Braxton Hunter here who are all like this? Work your rear delts. Your rear delts your arms back if your arms are back it gets your back more upright and you have better posture so do rear delt exercises every week at least twice a week until your posture is better have good posture don't be a braxty poo or t-jump and other youtubers who are like this all the time there you go well posture is important i don't know what you're especially talking especially as about. we ate oh look at you now rewind the tape Posture is important, especially as you get older. And Braxton, now joining the over 40 crowd, needs to correct his posture as well. Thulu says no. In all caps, no. My response is, show me the medical information. By which I think they meant medical. Listen, pick up uh, The Case for Miracles by Strobel and also pick up Miracles by Craig Keener. This gets brought up a lot by apologists for darn good reason. This guy went, uh, got information from all over the world from miracle claims. He has all the data there. You need, you need to check that out um, as you're making your decision about whether the supernatural exists. All right. Well, now I'm going to say this has been fun. I've enjoyed it. But we'll see you next time on Trinity Radio. I didn't add any music. Where's the music? Ah, there it is. No problem, Pebo Thulu.
can do scap raises when you're on a dip stand or parallel bar, and you can do scap pull-ups, and you can do scap push-ups where you're just pushing up and down, just using your scaps, not not bending your elbows. So that that is important. Thank you for bringing that up. So there's other exercises. You can check all that stuff out on Theology Geek Fitness if we talk about that. So, but yes, scap exercises. Whether it's a push-up, hang from a bar, and do scap pull-ups where you just dead hang to scap with just a slight bit of motion. Uh, or you could do, um, well, let's see, what else is there? There's the push-up variation. Or on a dip stand, you can work your scaps just by doing scap dips. So those are some great exercises. That Braxton should avail himself of. By the way, since we're talking about IQ in the chat, let me just tell you. I know what mine is, and I'm fine with it. I'm happy with it. It's it's above average, but Pritchett, Pritchett is in the genius category. Barely. And Dan Barker, who I debated last year, is in the I think it's called the Prometheus Club or whatever. You have to have like 167 IQ, which is crazy. I don't have that. Pritchett doesn't have that, but he's not far. Peace.